Um, <laughs> um, so hip and with it. So hip and with it. <laughs> Super relevant here at Toronto. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Sorovile Digital. It's really exciting to have you here. I'm joined by Stu and Brayden. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good day. I'm doing well, Brayden, and hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's 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 sick to be here. We're uh, sitting at the bench, uh, top marks. In if you can guess where in the church we are. Uh, <laughs> Fun fact, if you're watching this online on Facebook right now, uh, what has also happened is this uh, has dropped on YouTube as a video and it has dropped anywhere you get your podcasts as uh, Sorrow Bible Church podcast. Uh, it's really exciting to be with you guys today. Uh, you might be noticing something a little bit weird that we haven't done online before is we're wearing masks while we're uh, talking. Uh, Stu, do you want to open up by talking to that for a little bit? Yes, yes. I think it's going to be a bit weird to watch people putting masks on and off, but this week the state government have instructed us that when we do a recording like this, we need to have the person who's speaking without a mask, but everybody else has to wear a mask. And as Ethan was saying, we thought about it and thought, why don't we just do a bit of something a bit different? We don't know how long these restrictions are going to be on, but there's people around the world that are doing it really tough. And this is just a bit of an inconvenience for us, really. So we're really happy to comply with that. And um, I'm really excited about this new format anyway. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I also think that um, the way we're going to do the... Uh, the Sorrel Digital so people can listen to it any time uh, on the Sorrel podcast at Sorrel Church. Just look for that where you get your podcasts or also on YouTube, like Ethan said. But we're going to, I really like uh, Ethan's idea that we're going to drop this uh, right at the time when we do the Friday gathering. And then after that, there's going to be a live stream. So that, it, like Ethan said, if you are watching it uh, and, and um, you're watching it at the same time as a service, you can put comments in Facebook. Uh, and and we can even answer that at the live stream afterwards. But like we said, it's also really flexible, so you can listen to it any time. Yeah, really specifically what Stu means is we were having a bit of fun with the idea that this stuff is pre-recorded and gets dropped on podcasts and gets mm. dropped on YouTube. But we're actually going to be here live after this stream, this this part of the stream. And if you hang around, uh, we'll actually... We'll I don't know, probably be hanging out playing a board game or something. And um, you guys can watch us play a board game and ask questions and interact and that'll be super fun. Uh, so pretty keen for that. Uh, Brayden, there's some other stuff that we're not able to do. Uh, could you fill us in on that? Yeah, so um, unfortunately we can't actually record music um, as part of our live stream. Like if you guys joined us um, online on Soul Revival Digital last time, you would have seen that we would have been um, operating things Pretty, pretty similarly to how we do in person. Mm. But unfortunately, we can't record um, music here live. We can't um, sing and do all that live. But yeah, that's a bummer. But um, we will, we're going to do something fun anyway. We're mm. going to jump through, um, pull out some old stuff this weekend. We'll have some new stuff coming later on. But yeah, I think um, it's just an exciting opportunity to get to try something new here on Soul Revival mm. Digital. And I think... Um, Actually, as much as it is an inconvenience, it's also exciting that when you get to do new stuff, as someone who, um, me and Eth and um, oh. Stu were all involved in Fridays last time, and I think that's why it's exciting <laughs> to launch launch this on a Friday again. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun during, um, during COVID last time with Friday, with playing around with the gathering, playing around with format, appearing in Lego, appearing in a car. And the I Lego think, one was good. I think, I think that was my favourite. There's a shock absorber coming out pretty soon if you guys listen to that, talking about all the stuff that we did with COVID. Mm, so yep, I think that'll be coming out soon if you're excited for that. Yeah, um, that's another one of our podcasts. Yeah, so. it'll be Always coming out plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, a bummer that we won't have um, live music as part of this mm. um, as part of this uh, stream, but we will have pre-recorded music that we recorded last time, which is exciting and you guys will get to enjoy it again. Very, very cool. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, just went, I just went up with my mask instead of down, which was a fantastic thing to do. Would recommend for everyone. I don't think I've ever seen someone do the up mask before. That's, I've that's never, different. Yeah. And so for those of you at home, next time you take your mask off, go off like a hoodie. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good time. Um, something that we are doing the same 
uh, on Sorovov Digital is something we do at at Solis is we try and base everything we do in the Bible. Uh, we are doing something really fun, uh, which was actually planned for week away. Uh, so one of the things we talked about a week away was we're going to have uh, what was the, what was the sermon series we were going to do? We we're going to go through Luke. Peter Ooh. Haywood, the bishop, was going to come and talk to us. Sick. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we've we've told uh, Peter Haywood to. Um, Step back for a second and- He's coming next year. Yeah, yeah he's coming so next year. Step back Which will be great, year, yeah. yeah. Just hold off for us. And what we're going to, what the kids were going to do during that was they were going to go down, go into their areas and do Jonah. And we thought, why not? Because the, the people were going to do Jonah anyway. We're going to do over this whole weekend, the whole book of Jonah. Uh, Stu is going to lead us in that, which I'm really excited for. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to base every one of our gatherings in uh, this, in, in, this pa- the, in the book of Jonah. And uh, we're going to start with chapter one. Uh, and Cassie has, have you guys seen these yet? I haven't oh, seen it yet. No, I I've only heard. I'm very excited. So yeah, Bra- it's Braden has really good, eh, Braden? Oh, it's epic. So they're really, really beautiful. Uh, Cassie has put together these amazing uh, uh, paintings that, that she scratches off. And uh, you'll see in a moment. Uh, and Haley tonight is doing the Bible reading for us over one of those. So um, yeah, we might actually chuck that up now mm. and, and have a moment to start our time together in the Bible. So I'm really excited for that. Tonight we're going to be reading from Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked him, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and he will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. That was a lovely Bible reading uh, from Haley and Cassie. What a beautiful piece of art. Uh, it was so cool uh, and so excellent that we get to use Jonah like this. Before we read the Bible, uh, we talked a little bit about the fact that we're doing Jonah because of uh, sort of kids. And so I thought we'd do something pretty fun with this new panel that I've invited. Let's pan out for a second. Hello, everybody. Uh, we are joined by Tim. G'day, I'm Tim. I'm the children's pastor here at Soul Revival Church. Hello, Tim. Very cool. And we're joined by... <laughs> It's so good. A, a, a new friend. What's, what's your name, mate? Lionel. Hello, Lionel. Um, Hi. 
You know what? Let's let's get to know Lionel a little, shall we, Tim? Just before we kick off, if that's all right. Uh, Lionel, you're here to... What, what's Lionel here to do? Lionel's here to ask some questions. Lionel is here to ask some questions. Uh, Lionel's going to have some questions. We've got some kids who have written in some questions uh, about Jonah. And so Lionel's going to ask those, and we're going to be talking about those questions. Epic. I'm so excited. So, but before we get to the questions, we've only got one question today because I thought we'd, um, we could get to know Lionel a little first. So first, uh, hot question for Lionel in the hot seat. Uh, what is your favorite color? Orange. <laughs> well, no surprise there. Um, what do you mean? Well, you're, you're orange. No, I'm not. Y- yes. Yes, you are. I'm green. Look at your hand. Green. <laughs> okay, so um, we've established that Lionel is colorblind and. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Lionel, what is your uh, favorite thing to do on the weekend? Fight crime! <laughs> I meant grime. <laughs> Wait, so is that, is that fight grime as in the cleaning or like yeah. by, by cleaning or by rapping in, in London? Oh, a bit of both. Mainly in the bathroom, though. <laughs> uh, like, what's the, what's the, is it, is it BAM? Is it, what, which ones are like, we fight, fight grime with, I don't know, the advertisement? Oh, I'm not sure. BAM? It is BAM? BAM. Mr. Muscles. <laughs> I like a Mr. Sheen, too. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, do, you have any, do you have any questions for, for Lionel, Tim? Uh, yeah, Lionel, what was, uh, what's your favourite subject at school, Lionel? Mm, lunch. Very good at lunch. (laughs) Love lunch. Lunch, yum, yum. Oh, no, can't eat that. (laughs) I can't deal with this. I'm so sorry, everybody. For those of you. I'm going to take over. Okay, okay, okay. No. (laughs) Um, So, Lana, you got a question uh, that has been sent in. Uh, Who's the question by? Uh, The question has come in from a lovely little girl, Evelyn. And she wants to know why Jonah went to not Nineveh. Uh, that is a great question, Lionel. It's a great question because we heard from the Bible reading that God gave Jonah the very explicit instruction to go to Nineveh and to tell them uh, that judgment was coming. Sorry, Tim, you said explicit. Is that naughty? No, no, it means very clear. Yes, yeah, a very clear instruction to go to Nineveh. And what we heard, though, is that Jonah disobeyed God, that he went the other direction. He went to, as you said, not Nineveh. Uh, What we're going to hear a little bit later when Stu does our talk for us is some of the reasons behind that. But one of the main things was that Jonah didn't actually want the people of Nineveh to hear the message of God. He actually didn't want the people to hear the message and have the chance to say sorry and repent. One of the interesting things we're going to find over the next four sessions is that uh, Jonah knows that when people hear the message of God, that they can turn and believe and trust in him and be saved. We're going to look at some of the reasons why Jonah didn't want his enemies, the Ninevites, to be saved. It's an excellent question. Thanks for that, Evelyn. Thank you, Evelyn. You're awesome. <laughs> Evelyn is definitely awesome. Uh, I think it is really cool to be joined by you guys. We're going to, across this weekend, as we're doing uh, different, like we're going to do a different service every uh, every service, which is going to be really cool. And we're going to talk about a different part of Jonah. And there's lots more questions coming in uh, that Lionel is hearing about and he's going to ask us and uh, Tim is going to help us unpack, um, which I'm really excited for. So stay tuned for the other services if you can make it and meet our furry green friend. Um, (laughs) uh, So yes, what we're going to do now though, is we are going to have a song uh, and that's just a time to maybe sit and reflect uh, on the passage that we heard earlier uh, to get ready for... uh, a couple of us to kind of unpack that, uh, led by Stu. That'll be really good. Ethan, am I singing now? Yes, only, only you. Only you can make. I don't know the rest of the words. Amazing solo though, Lionel. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. I'm here all weekend, apparently. <laughs>
So as we mentioned earlier, we're actually doing something very exciting this weekend. We're jumping into Jonah and we're doing it, uh, we're actually jumping into a different part of Jonah, each chapter over the four gatherings we're doing this weekend. So that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon. We're all going to be jumping into Jonah and Stu's going to be taking us through that. Stu, do you just want to let us know why we're doing that? Yeah, it's a good question. So we were going to be doing Week Away this weekend, and when we do Week Away, we usually look at a book of the Bible in total. And so we thought, why don't we, over this weekend, just look at a book of the Bible, and instead of doing the same sermon every night, why don't we look at the whole of Jonah over the next four gatherings? And so that's what we're going to try and do. I'm really excited for that, actually. It's going to be really, really fun. And I I like what we said earlier about that being inspired by the kids' stuff, which is really cool Mm. because it was was their thing that we were going to do. Mm. Um, My A a question for us all, because this is the start, it's a good way to maybe start like this. What is is the book of Jonah all about? Mm. Yeah, so the book of Jonah is a much-loved Bible story book. Um, 
doing it in the kids program is quite a normal thing. A lot of churches have done that. A lot of us who are adults who are watching online probably first heard of Jonah when we were little. Big fish. And big fish, yeah. There's a little <laughs> bit of a fun debate between is it a fish or a whale. I think the, <laughs> one of the kids' questions is about that tomorrow, so I won't steal t- Tim's thunder on that one tomorrow. S- spoilers. But, um, yeah, we can get into the fish or the whale tomorrow. But, the uh, yeah, I think the book is quite uh, – not only is it much love because it's just like a, a great story, like it's it's – got lots of humour in it, it's lots of sarcasm, the characters do what they're not supposed to do. Uh, you get introduced to a prophet who's supposed to be the one who's listening to, the, to God's word and he's actually supposed to share the, the word of God with other people and he's not willing to do it himself. And then you come across uh, non-Israelites who are more humble and faithful to God than Jonah is. So in chapter 1 and chapter 3 he meets sailors who aren't Israelites, and then we meet some um, Ninevites uh, and the king of Nineveh in chapter 3. They all repent when they come face to face with the living God, but unlike uh, Jonah, who just keeps running away from God. So it's quite a a cool story that way. Mm. Um, There's also some really cool parallels between uh, Jonah and the gospel stories of Jesus. So you see Jonah, who's swallowed by a big fish. There you go, a bit of a spoiler. And he's in the belly of a whale. Jesus actually talks about Jonah in the fish when he's talking about how he has to go to the grave. And so it's really interesting to unpack that this weekend, some of those really interesting parallels with the Gospels. But the last thing I think is really good about this book is the application is really, really really clear i think so i'm looking forward for us to have an opportunity to really grow in our in our faith this week yeah i think something that's really cool about doing this is that we're coming straight out of isaiah which actually gives gave gave us that really cool con- context mm. about mm. the israel the, the people of judah the, the israelites actually really not liking the people uh, in the north, who who lived in Nineveh, and we actually learnt heaps about the politics there about, already. About the Assyrians and yeah. and how brutal they were and how vicious they were. Yeah, yeah. So, and so by the time, so we it's understandable to, that Jonah hates them. Like fully, they're just yeah. really bad people. Yeah. And so yeah, they they are the the enemies of of the people there. So yeah, it's really really interesting. It's mm, good. And and the whole thing about loving your enemies. I mean, in in Matthew five, we're going to get to that later on in the weekend. But in Matthew five, Jesus says, "Love your enemies," and that is so challenging for. Jonah, that's part of the problem for Jonah. It's at the heart of it. Like, what do you guys think about that? Because that's a really hard teaching of Jesus, eh? Loving your enemies. Have you ever had any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's something that's not really echoed in a lot of other, um, in a lot of other anything, any media we consume or anything. I think mm. it's it's a really, really different thing. And I think a lot of um, a lot of Christianity, like a lot of Jesus's teachings. Uh, might seem easy on the surface. Not saying that it is easy, but mm. you you might think, oh yeah, like love your family, love your mum and dad. That, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty straight up. But yeah, I think love your enemies is pretty in your face. Mm. It's pretty um, it's pretty challenging. Mm. I think I definitely find it challenging. What do you think, Eve? I know. I think I think it's maybe it's just the kind of person I am. But I don't find myself having. Heaps of enemies. <laughs> um, I think I think it's really interesting to like. I, okay, so I heard this Winston Churchill quote that was like, "You're not doing a good enough job leading if you don't have any enemies." And I thought that was a great quote, but I was also like, "His his enemies were pretty epic and pretty intense because he was <laughs> you know war and he was the prime minister of a country." But mm. I think I don't know. I don't know if today we can quite easily say oh, those people up there in Nineveh, they're our enemies. Like, they're the bad guys. That doesn't necessarily mm. um, feel like it is is the language we use necessarily. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to unpack, like, do we do we have enemies now? Like, or yeah. should we? Like, what is that? Or is it just, do you find it um, harder to share the gospel with certain people mm. and maybe looking at reasons why? Mm. Well, yeah. I think they're, they're all really good questions and... I think uh, they're the kind of things we're going to be able to talk about because even though we might not have um, a particular country as an enemy like the Assyrians, we we actually have difficulty in our interpersonal relationships sometimes and we find ourselves in conflict within relationship. And so what is is God um, saying to Jonah? Uh, why, Why is he showing compassion to these Assyrians? And... How does that look for us as Christians today? Like, and thinking of the teaching of Jesus, what is Jesus actually asking us to do when he says things like that? So I think that'll be a fun part of this weekend, yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped to uh, learn heaps about this book. Uh, I was chatting the other day with a mate that um, like, it's actually one of our favorite books of the Bible. Uh, it's just really fun and it's really cool. And it's really, like you were saying before, it's really practical. Yeah, and yeah. I, really, I really love that. Um, cool. And yeah, it's, it's, I'm really excited to, to kick off. Um, a, a question for you was, we touched on a, a little bit with the Isaiah comment. But is there, is there a bit of context you want to give us before we kick mm. off or, or as we kick off? Yeah, I mean, I think we covered some of it already. I mean, we're talking about an Israelite prophet who's being called on by God to go and pronounce judgment on the Assyrians. So it's pretty terrifying to, to have to do that. But rather than being worried for his own physical safety, I think he's more driven by his, his like really struggling with what he's got asking me to do. And again, that's another practical thing that we find ourselves in that you know, sometimes God asks us to do things that we really don't understand. And rather than trusting in God, that God is good all the time, Jonah is arguing with God, basically. He's like, and then even worse, he's actually going like, I'm just not going to do that. And so the context of an Israelite being called on to go and be a prophet to a non-Israelite country to ask them to repent, uh, at one level, I mean, I think my my visceral response would just be, oh, that'd be terrifying, they might kill me. But that's not what Jonah's worried about because he knows how powerful God is. God is so powerful that God will actually... Uh, if he wants to, melt their hearts and they'll actually repent. He doesn't want them to repent because he thinks they've done such evil and he, he they've done so many horrible things to the Israelites and others that he doesn't want them to be forgiven. He wants them to be judged. So I think the context for us is in the big story of the people of Israel, um, you know, we're, we're waiting for that um, that time where, where there's going to be the prophet who is going to actually do what God says and lead the people in the way that God says. I mean, this is an opportunity for um, us to see that God is has a heart for the nations, not just the people of Israel, even in the Old Testament. This is an opportunity for the non-Israelites to actually come to faith. And yet, um, humanly speaking, Jonah fails. But I think it actually really heightens the the wonderful story of Jesus because Jesus was called on, you know, Jesus said time, time again, I haven't come in my own right to do my own will. I've come for the will of the Father. So literally he has come to bring the kingdom of heaven and calling on people to repent and believe the gospel as he says in Mark chapter 1 uh, verse 14. And he is is sent into the world to do that and he does it. And I think I think the context here for me is just, it just shows me again how Jesus is just amazing. He's awesome. Yeah, that's really great context, Stu. So we heard um, we heard chapter one read so beautifully by Haley and illustrated by Cassie. I was just wondering, are we going to jump in? Or are we going to start at the start? Yeah, I reckon we just start at chapter one. What do you reckon? Sounds yeah. like a pretty good idea. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. And as we begin, I think I might uh, pray for us so that we can just ask God to help us not to be like Jonah. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Jonah. We thank you for the opportunity that we've been encouraged that we shouldn't run away from you and run away from your direction, that we should actually seek you and uh, seek to trust that you are good and that everything you say is good and that we can trust in that. Um, We thank you for this opportunity to be able to hear your word uh, even over the internet and I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would be looking after all those around the world that are are suffering with this disease. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wanted to begin uh, this brief introduction to chapter one by talking about a surf trip that I had when I was younger. A couple of my mates and I went on a surf trip down to Ulladulla and we went down to uh, go and surf Green Island down at, uh, down, down the south coast. Uh, we'd done a few surf trips and that was kind of fun, but what we thought we'd do this surf trip that was a bit different is I'd actually got myself a little rabbit and this little grey rabbit was a rabbit I actually rescued. It was running around on the street one night in the middle of the night and I saw this rabbit and went and rescued it. So I brought it home. We kept it as a pet. Um, back in the day, uh, in the 90s, 7-Eleven had this great flavour called, a Slurpee flavour called Black Widow. And because it was a grey Slurpee, grey rabbit we thought we'd call this rabbit slurpee so here's this little pet rabbit slurpee and we had this crazy idea why don't we take the rabbit on the surf trip with us dumb idea i don't know what was what i was thinking but anyway we took slurpee with us and we chucked slurpee in the car and some of us jump in the car and we drive down to Ulladulla and we got to the holiday house where we were staying 
And, of course, this poor rabbit must have been terrified at the bottom of the car. I feel terrible about it now. But uh, he seemed really relaxed at the time. I thought he was really cool. But as soon as we opened the door, the rabbit runs out of the car and straight into the garage. And so we all, of course, run after this rabbit because we're worried about losing our rabbit. And we run in there and I run. I still remember this to this day. I run around the corner and there in the garage, there's this hole in the wall and it's like this fibro wall with a cracked like triangle there. And this little rabbit had run straight for the hole and it wasn't able to fit completely into the hole. So it put its head in the hole and, it, and its little bottom was sticking out of the hole, and, but it thinks it's safe and it thinks that we can't see it. <laughs> so this rabbit's... Uh, we just fell apart laughing. It was just hilarious. This rabbit thinks it's hiding from us. There it is in full view. And the reason I tell that story today is I feel like Jonah is a bit like Slurpee the rabbit. And here he is being asked by God to go and do something really, really important uh, and he runs away and he thinks he can hide from God. He himself will say in the passage that we've uh, heard read today that he follows uh, the Almighty God who he knows is the God of sea and land and he is all-knowing, all, but Jonah still thinks he can hide. So let's have a look at the story and see uh, just the foolishness of that thought uh, with um, Jonah. But before we do, I will say, by the way, uh, in the end, Slurpee had a really lovely holiday took him back home and he was fine after that so um after trying to hide we slowly pried him out of the hole and we had a little cage for him so gave him some carrots and he was all good but anyway coming back to jonah so let's have a look at jonah chapter one verses one to three the word of the lord came to jonah son of anity go to the great city of nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me now so far jonah's got the word of the lord and he's on board with this yep i 100 percent agree lord uh he's probably blown away by the fact that God is actually choosing him to be a prophet uh, again um, and speak on his behalf. Um, But so far the words are all good. They're they're wicked. Uh, Jonah has already um, come up in the the Bible in uh, the book of 2 Kings 14, 23 to 25, and we know that he has prophesied on behalf of God. But actually when you dig into that uh, reference to him in 2 Kings, he hasn't had a great track record so far. Because in 2 Kings, he prophesies in favor of the bad king of Israel, Jeroboam. So he's this guy, he's a bit of a hypocrite because on the one hand, he's prophesying, he's willing to prophesy against the bad king, Jeroboam II, who's one of the worst kings of Israel. Uh, Later in that story, uh, the prophet Amos overturns Jonah's positive predictions to the king, Jeroboam II, because he was so evil, in Amos 6, 13 to 14, we see that God uses Amos to overturn Jonah's prophecy. So as, as we're sort of starting this story, it, it looks like Jonah is, on the one hand, willing to prophesy against this bad king, Jeroboam, and we may be thinking up to verse 2 of chapter 1, maybe he's going to be willing to just go and prophesy against Nineveh, But then verse 3 throws a curveball. Let's have a look at that. Verse 3 in chapter 1 of Jonah. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. And he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying for the fare, he went aboard and he sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Basically, he's wanting to go as far away from Nineveh as he possibly could he has to go past Greece and Spain right to the edge of the Mediterranean that's where Tarshish was and here's this prophet who we're already thinking is a bit sus from the story of two kings now he's showing his true colors and his character very clearly he's like I'm not interested in doing anything for you God unless I think it's a good idea and I don't think this is a good idea now in chapter one we don't actually get told why he doesn't want to go to Nineveh we're only told that he runs away from God We find out in chapter 4 that it's because he doesn't want the Nineveh people to repent. But here, all we see is Slurpee the rabbit. This guy has just got out of the car. He's run for the garage. He's found this crack in the the wall. He's run for it, but he can only stick his head in it and his bottom sticking out. He can't actually run away from God because God sees everything. So you can just imagine the pathos of this story building and building and building. We're just going to be thinking this guy's um, got no idea. He tries to run from a God who is everywhere, basically. Through this story, again, as I said earlier, we're going to be thinking of parallels with Jesus. Unlike Jonah, Jesus, when called on to conduct his ministry, went about it with a single-mindedness, which is unique. 
in human history. And that's because Jesus was without sin. He was without flaw. He was fully God and fully man. But in his humanity, we know that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he went to the cross, he did cry out to God and say, God, why do I have to do this? I, I, I'm terrified by this. I don't know if I can do it. He was sweating blood. He was so worried about going to the cross. But interestingly, in Gethsemane, uh, in the garden there, Jesus doesn't buy a ticket at Joppa to go to Tarshish. Jesus says these amazing words. He says, but not my will, but yours. So my human thinking is, I think this is going to be really terrifying. Jesus knows that God the Father is all-powerful and he can save the human race any way he wishes. But he's willing to go ahead with it because he knows that God is good. And even if he has to go through a really difficult situation, he trusts in the goodness of God to such an extent that he's willing to uh, lay his life down for us. Here, again, Jonah is the complete opposite. Unlike the compassion of Jesus, who is compassionate about us, who does want to see us saved, Jonah can't care less for anybody except for himself. And you see that in Jonah chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, as the story continues. He's in the boat, they're sailing towards Tarshish, and the Lord sends a great wind in verse 4. Such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up, and the sailors were afraid, and everyone on the boat were crying to their own gods. So these are a group of people who aren't Israelites. They don't know the God of Jonah. They don't know the true and living God. And they're praying to false gods. And obviously when you pray to a false god, nothing happens. Nothing was happening. Their prayers were going unanswered because they were unheard. They were being unheard because there was nobody there to hear what they were saying, except God is here. He's in the picture. He's the main character of this story. He sent the storm. He sees the, uh, the, the sailors in great need. And they try and do the best they can to save the ship. They throw stuff off the boat. They lighten the load. But then they do this unusual thing. They cast lots. And when they cast lots, they're trying to find out who's the problem. They've got this sense that there's a reason for this storm. And even though they're not Israelites, they cast lots. And they, this is an interesting part of the story, which we may be able to talk about afterwards on the live uh, uh, part of the, the, the evening if you do tune in on, uh, on Friday night. Uh, you know, what, what is this, that the lots that they cast, which basically means just um, do a game of chance so they could find out who the person is who's responsible for this. Uh, they do that and Jonah is the one that comes up. The lots actually point to him. That's fascinating. We can talk about that later. But they find out it's Jonah, and in verse 9, this is what happens. Jonah, who was asleep down below, is woken up. He comes up the top, and he goes, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord of... the." Sorry, I'll say that again. He said, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. So basically, he's saying, I follow the God who made the land. I follow the God who made the ocean. And he's saying this to these sailors so that they'll go, oh, wow, this guy has a bit of authority. But again, it's just so full of pathos because this is the rabbit that stuck its head in the, the hole. He knows that even though he stuck his head in the hole, he's going to be seen by God. It's, it's a strange statement. He knows God's all-seeing because he knows everything on the land and everything on the sea. So he knows what's going on. And he's saying, basically, God sent this storm to punish me because I know I'm running away from him. They're terrified. And Jonah says, how about you throw me over the side? Because if you throw me over the side, then everything will be okay. Now, to start off with, that sounds like a pretty uh, self-sacrificial way of dealing with the situation. But remember, Jonah's biggest issue is he does not want the people of Nineveh to repent. So even in saying, throw me over the sea, he's probably thinking, this is actually really going to get me out of this. Now I don't even have to go to Nineveh if I get thrown into the sea because there's no way I can go there if I drown. So they cried out to the Lord. And unlike the selfish Jonah, they actually are worried for Jonah and they're also worried that God might punish them for hurting their prophet. So they cry out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let um, us die taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for the killing of an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done what uh, as you have pleased. Then they took Jonah and they throw him overboard. So you just get this contrast in the book of these non-Israelites having more faith and more relationship with God and wanting to please God more than the prophet of God. It's quite remarkable. Most of the books in the Bible that are about the prophets have more focus on the word of God rather than actually the story of the prophet. But in this one, we see the prophet himself uh, hung out to dry, really. Like the writer of this book is, is sparing no uh, detail in showing how selfish this Jonah is by contrasting him with these sailors at this point. 
Anyway, they, they fear the Lord, it says in verse 16, unlike the prophet Jonah. And after they'd thrown him overboard in verse 15, they actually make sacrifices to the Lord and they make vows to him. So basically, they come to faith because of Jonah's simple line in verse 9, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. That statement is enough for them to repent and turn to God. It's amazing. So Jonah's thrown overside. These non-Israelites have come to faith. And that sets us up really well for tomorrow when we take up the story as what happens to Jonah when he goes into the, the depths of the ocean. But before we finish tonight, I want to leave us with a thought. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, there's the famous saying of Jesus, and I want to read this out to you. In verse 18 of 28, Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. What I want to leave you with tonight, with our first uh, sermon, is an application that is, Jonah was called on by God to go to Nineveh to call on them to repent. And we can sit here quite comfortably and see from the pathos of the story that he was very, very foolish to think he could hide from God and not do as God asked. Yet, as a Christian, when I know that God has um, given me a direction as well, he's given me a message to share, not just with one peoples of the earth, but with all the nations of the earth. And I've been given the clear mandate to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself has given us, not just myself, but all of us Christians, that instruction. My question for us tonight is, do we take that mission on board and partner with Jesus as he continues to save people in our generation, just like God is going to save the people of Nineveh? Or are we ever tempted to go to our Joppa and buy a ticket to our Tarshish? And instead of going to the nations and sharing the message of Jesus, do we sometimes look for an opportunity to run away from God and try and neglect that mission that he's given for us in our generation? In every generation, God has raised up Christians to spread the gospel that Jesus has come to bring in the kingdom of heaven, to repent and to believe the gospel. It's a really short sentence, just like the short sentence in Jonah chapter 1, verse 9. The sentence of Mark chapter 1, verse 14 is also equally simple and short. And I am 100% confident that just as people repented because of the, the words of Jonah that didn't even mention how they could be saved, we have a message of the gospel that is so much clearer and we know that God is powerful to move on people's hearts for them to respond to it. All that's left for us to do is to be willing to take that message to the nations. And my question is, do we sometimes run away from God? I know I do. And my question to you tonight is, what do you run away to? What excuses do you and I make so that we don't have to use that mission? Is it because we're too busy? Is it because we have other important things we're doing? Whatever it is, we have to be really careful that we're not like Slurpee the rabbit and try and stick our head in a wall because our bottom will be sticking out. And God has given us this instruction just as he gave it to Jonah. And the exciting news is it's not about how good we are at telling the gospel to other people. It's just our willingness to do that. And I'm going to finish with a prayer that God will give us a warm heart, humble heart of faithfulness like those sailors, that we will make vows to him as they did that we will make a vow to him, that we will follow him and that we'll remember that he is good and that we'll trust in his word and share it with others. So will you join with me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message of Jonah and we ask, Heavenly Father, that you would give us the same heart as these sailors in this story, that faced with the living God coming face to face with you, they were terrified and yet they repented and fell on their knees before you and made vows to you. We pray, Heavenly Father, you'd help us not to be like Jonah, that we would be like Jesus and trust that you are God and you are good and that we'll believe that everything you say is good and we'll be willing to share that with others. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you understand that we're just humans like Jonah was and that sometimes we have fear and sometimes we worry, but help us not to be like Jonah and just lack compassion. 
Give us the same compassion Jesus had for the crowds, Lord God, so that we might want to help others come to meet you too. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stu. Uh, that was really, really encouraging, and I'm really excited to <laughs> keep going over <laughs> um, as I take my mask off. It's like a hoodie. Yeah, it's like a hoodie. Uh, that's the new, the new strat. Uh, I was really encouraged by that, and I'm really excited to keep digging into Jonah together. It's going to be really cool. Uh, what we're going to do in a sec is we're going to actually, like Stu was saying, we're going to go uh, into a real live thing now so if you're listening to this on the podcast or on youtube uh we're almost we're almost at the end but we're not necessarily almost at the end for everyone else if you want to hang around uh we're going to be we're going to be chatting over a board game which will be really fun we're going to uh answer your questions and uh, ask a few questions of our own and continue just chatting about this because there's heaps to unpack there it's really cool uh i I noticed brayden brayden and i were were typing away uh during that and writing questions and notes and things, which was really cool to chat about later. So, um, but before we do, uh, one of the things that is really beautiful to do uh, at Soul Revival is we like to pray. Uh, And I thought what we could do to kind of finish up is to uh, share some prayer points uh, that we might want prayer for um, from a, from a, from a perspective of praying here on Facebook for everyone uh, or, or on the, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Uh, yeah, if we could do it, does it, do you have any prayer points or thoughts that we could we could pray for to close? Either of you? Yeah, I, th- I think it'd just be really good to continue to pray for people uh, during this lockdown that people stay safe and that maybe this disease uh, doesn't last much longer. That God um, continues to look after us, but also during this disease, that God gives us opportunities to be compassionate and kind to those people who need it, and also to keep doing what I was talking about tonight, just keep preaching the gospel in season and out. Awesome. Any thoughts, Braden? Yeah, I think um, as much as um, this lockdown is an inconvenience, um, I think it's also a good opportunity. Like, I think everyone started the last lockdown as, oh, this is my opportunity to do all these things that I was planning on doing. And <laughs> I don't think we have the same optimism this time. But <laughs> I don't, I haven't I, don't, I definitely that. didn't <laughs> record that EP or no one, no one, I don't think many people actually went and did the things. But I think it's, I think it's an, if we just look at it as an exciting opportunity to reorientate yourself, maybe spend some more time in God's word and, um, I think if if people are doing interesting Bible plans, I know a lot of people use uh, the Bible app on their phone. Maybe you can chuck that in the comments. Let people know what you're doing here, because I think, um, yeah, it's an it's as much as it's a bummer. It's an opportunity to express this community that we're a part of in a different way. Mm. So maybe you just look at it as an opportunity for that. If you have any ideas for that as well, chuck that in the comments. Where. Um, we're working hard as a pastoral team to think of how mm. we could do that, but no one knows how to do it better than you guys as well as part of the community. And we'd love to have a chat with you about that. So prayer points in the comments. If you're doing a Bible reading, that'd be that'd be a sick thing to share and do with other people. I love, I always get very encouraged when um, I've done plans with other people. So that'd be awesome. And also just what you want to see us do as a community and how um, you want to see us express that, I think would be a very exciting way. And just keep praying for each other. Hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray now, uh, and then we can we can say some closing remarks. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to still gather together. Uh, it is it is strange and different, uh, even though we feel like we might be used to it by now. Uh, it's still weird, uh, Lord. I pray that in the weirdness uh, that we can, um, yeah, stay safe in this lockdown in this in this strange new world we live in lord uh keep the people around us safe uh keep australia safe lord help us in our lockdowns in our as we as we are stuck in our homes lord i pray that we can be compassionate and kind to one another lord help us to to love one another uh, in this uh lord help us uh to not be uh, like Slurpee, the rabbit, or Jonah, Lord. Uh, help us to really think about what we're running away from uh, and help us, yeah, really uh, dig into Jonah and understand uh, what not to do and what to do as we then look uh, at your son and his amazingness. Uh, Lord, help us uh, try and be live more like him every day. 
uh, especially uh, in this lockdown, Lord. Help us to uh, love each other uh, as each other, um, yeah, who we're stuck with. Amen. Amen. So, to conclude, before we, I might wrap up with a song and then uh, hang out on the live stream, but to conclude, we have a fun announcement that I thought we'd end with. Uh, For those of you who are watching it live and are planning on watching it live tomorrow night, are we going to do the the, the post hangout bit? We'll be chatting about it and also we're going to do trivia. Now, we were going to do a rock quiz (laughs) at Week Away. We can't do that, but we can do a really fun trivia night dressed as uh, the, the, the dress up, the, the original week away p- was planned for. So everyone who is listening to this now, uh, we will also post it on social media. And so it's like rock quiz, dress up as your favorite dress, rock artist. Dress up as your favorite so you musician. Can, uh, musician. One of the, they don't have to necessarily be musician, a rock artist. Musician, not only a rock I think, artist. I think we I just like go- that. That's go a bit full. more inclusive. That's yeah, I think, I think it is more inclusive. I also think that- Mozart, um, Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh. Pavarotti, the the our our friend Lionel can dress up as a grime artist, um, <laughs> which would be excellent. Um, that was funny when you were saying that because I have no idea what a grime artist is, so I'll have to ask you later. I'd, I'd oh. yes, don't look it up. It's just it's is really, it just a rapper from yeah, England? It's just, a rapper it's just, from England. Yeah, yeah, it's just someone rapping with an English accent. It's, yeah, it's, it's, that sounds good. Man's not hot. Um, <laughs> um, so hip and with it. So hip and with it. <laughs> Super relevant here at Sorrow So the good um, thing about that is, that if, like, even if you weren't intending on coming a week away, now you can. Even if you weren't intending on coming a week away, now you can <laughs> you can actually dress up if you want to with the family. I'm probably going to dress up as Pearl Jam because I just wear those clothes all the time anyway, just a flannelette <laughs> shirt and, and van shoes and a, and jeans. Well, you're, wearing, we'll do, you're wearing an in-betweeners shirt now. I am. Yeah, well, no, no, it's oh, the go-betweeners. Go sorry, sorry, sorry not in-betweeners. No, no, go-betweens. That's go-betweens. another great band from yeah, the 80s. I, I think yeah. it's a bit, bit different from the in-betweeners. But anyway, <laughs> that's all right. But yeah, so we'll do that on... On Saturday, yes. what are we doing on Sunday night? Uh, Sunday night, we're going to watch a movie because it's Christmas. So we're going to yeah. have a. How are we going to do that? We're, we're going to. Uh, we'll talk about that on Sunday night. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll let you know. Uh, Sunday morning, we'll also have. Some we're going to do stuff. Christmas gonna in be, July. That's there's, why the there's going to be heaps comment. of fun stuff throughout the weekend. Uh, yeah, but tonight is we're just going to be playing a board game and talking about stuff. Uh, and tomorrow night, I thought I'd let you know because we're dressing up. Um, without further ado, uh, thank you for joining me, Braden and Stu. Thank you, Ethan. It's been a lot of fun. It's been heaps of fun. Very different with these masks, but I think it's been still fun. 100%. Uh, I thought we'd uh, wrap up in the way we like to wrap things up uh, with a one way. Yeah, one way. one way.